Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark, the fourth chapter. And um, I think this is probably a series, so this may be number one. Which means there may be number two, maybe three. We don't know. We'll just see how far we go on this. But I'm going to talk to you about the cares of life. Exciting subject, right? We all have them. We need to understand a little bit about what the Bible has to say about the cares of life. That They're not just innocent and that we need to know how to handle them uh, rightly. Amen. They can be dangerous to our life if we don't handle them right. And we have to understand that. But, uh, you know, a lot of things in life, you got to know how to handle it. You got to know how to do it. You got to know how to handle it. And you don't know how to handle it, you can, mess, you can hurt yourself. Amen. And cares of life are one of those things. So let's go in our Bible to Mark chapter 4. Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 18. It says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. That's good. And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. We certainly don't want the word unfruitful in our lives. But he said there are certain things that will choke the word. One, uh, he talked about the deceitfulness of riches. In other words, you know, how many know God doesn't mind you having money? Matter of fact, he's for his kids, children have money, but he doesn't want money to have you. You know, it's like the rich young ruler. He, uh, the Bible said he had great possessions, but the truth was great possessions had him. When the Lord said, give them all up, he couldn't do it. And um, so there's this thing about chasing money, chasing riches. Amen. And some people don't, if I say this, people are, most people will blow this off, but it's the truth. Your job's not more important than your church. Your job's not more important than the Word of God. Are you telling me quit my job? No, I'm not telling you quit your job. I'm just got to put things in the right priority. Amen. There's nothing more important than the Word. And thank God for money. You know, I mean, a lot of people think, you know, their religion has taught people that God doesn't care about your money and no, he's just the one that made the gold and the silver to start with. Put it in the Garden of Eden. Amen. You know, men will go dig a hole and dig it out and go put it in another hole. You know, God has it there for it to be a blessing. Right? So money's to be a blessing. It's to bless you. It's to bless others. Amen. The more blessed you are, the more blessed you can be. There's times that ministers... They have certain things that they need for their ministry. I want to be able to buy the whole thing. Amen. And I've said this for years. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I've said it for years. Someday Phyllis and I are going to be preaching in a church somewhere. Could be here. I don't know, but I kind of feel like it's probably be somewhere else. Preaching in a church somewhere on a, on a, in a Sunday morning service, and they're receiving money for their building fund. We're going to pay the whole thing off. Hallelujah. I've said that for years. Have you ever heard me say that before? I'm still saying that. Amen. 
It's like one minister I heard, he said, this lady ordered my series on financial prosperity, biblical prosperity. She ordered it and she gave another minister a million dollars. How many know what how many how many know what you're supposed to do when that happens? Rejoice. rejoice. Why is my wife the only one that knows the answer to this? You're supposed to rejoice, praise God, that somebody else got blessed off of your teaching. Hallelujah. Amen. And so that you know, God's not against you know, when you read warnings like this about riches and some people will take that and they'll just twist it, you know, like the God, the Lord telling the rich young ruler to give all of his money away. Well, yeah, he told him that, but he's the only one he ever told him that. And the reason he told him that was because the money had him. I mean, you know, there's sometimes when certain things get a hold of your life, the only way to get rid of them is to just cut them totally off. Are you listening now? I find that with certain things in my life that if I want to get out, get rid of it, I got to cut it totally off. Right? So that's where this guy was at. <laughs> he, riches had him so strong that the Lord said, you got, I want you to get rid of all of it and follow me. Cut it off. Now, how many know the Lord would have blessed him? The Bible says, if you, give, if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord, Proverbs, and that which you give, He'll repay it to you. He'll make it up to you. So the Lord would have blessed him, but he had an issue. And the only way to get free of it was just to get free of it. Amen. You know, you can't just like, <laughs> you know, sometimes we have things in our life that it, cutting back doesn't seem to work. My wife says Cheetos. <laughs> she has given me a directive. Uh, I buy Cheetos and I don't get them. Not many. I'll go to bed, get up in the morning, and the Cheetos are mighty slim. <laughs> she told me, because she doesn't like Pringles, so she says, buy Pringles. I won't eat those. So she said, buy Cheetos, put them in a Pringles can. And then you can have some. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to get, if she wants to get free from Cheetos, she's just gonna have to cut them off, which is what she's tried to get me to do. Don't bring any in the house, and I still do because I like them. I don't have to eat the whole bag, you know. Now, peanut brittle, <laughs> oh brother, I haven't cut it off yet either. But anyway, but see, that's where this man was. See, it wasn't that the Lord said, "I don't want people to have body." He said. He said, the Bible says he gives us richly all things to enjoy. And Paul told Tim, Timothy, he said, you charge those that are rich in the world, don't be high-minded. Don't think you're something because you got some money. Don't be high-minded. Amen. Still be the same person you always was. Right? Uh, and, and he told me, don't be high-minded, but give liberally and help people. Amen. So, so a lot of these warnings, like the love of money is the root of all evil. See, God doesn't like, want you to have money. No, He doesn't want you to love money. And it doesn't say He doesn't want you to have it. He doesn't want you to love it. The Lord said to me years ago, he's, you know, the Bible talks about the deceitfulness of riches. He said, you know what the deceitfulness of riches is? I said, what? He said, if I tell you to give it all away and you can't do it, you're deceived by it. You think it's your supply. 
That 401k isn't your supply. Your bank account isn't your supply. Your job isn't your supply. If you make them your supply, you've got, you got a short supply. God's to be your supply. They may be a source, but God's the supply. If the source dries up, the supply doesn't. Right? Just like when Elijah, God said, go to the brook. Didn't he? Go to the brook and uh, live by the brook. I've got a raven to feed you. You can drink out of the brook. The brook dried up. The source the source didn't dry up. This, that, 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 that's, God's the source. Amen. That may be the vehicle, but the source is God. He's our, he's, that, that may be what God used. But when that dried up, God said, go over here. Amen. So we have to get this understand though. But God doesn't want us, you know, getting so involved with making money that it takes the place of His Word in our heart. He doesn't mind us having money. But He doesn't want us to be chasing money. He wants us to chase Him. Actually, He said, if you chase me, I'll, all those things, I'll add them to you. Just chase me. Amen. But you do have to have a right view about this because so, some people think God some people think God wants you poor. There's, there's people that take vows of poverty, certain area of Christianity where they take vows of poverty. Well, that's their business, but don't think that that's what God wants. Amen. He said to eradicate poverty. Help the poor. Get rid of it. He told Israel, he said, if you follow me and obey me, he said, there'll be a come a day, there'll be no more poor in your land. Hallelujah. That's what God thinks about it. Amen. And if, if you're poor, listen, and if, you, if you're here, I, I don't know if there's anybody here that's poor, but if you're poor, you know, God, God's got better for you. Amen. Being rich or being poor doesn't have anything to do with your spirituality. It has to do with your comfort. Amen. You know, some, the Bible warns about don't, don't teach that gains godliness. You know, just because somebody is extremely blessed, don't think that means they're extremely godly. Amen. So you have to just keep it in the proper balance. Amen. So he talked about the deceitfulness of riches. Then he talked about the lust of other things. What's that mean? Just that, you know, lust. We, we, a lot of times in America, we associate that with sex, and that's true. But the lust of other things is just, the, you could use the word desire. No, you start desiring other things more than you do the word. Does anybody know this is real easy to fall into these things? Even if you love God, you can watch it that you don't slip into these things and now you desire things more than you do God and you desire that more than His Word. Now, you wouldn't say that, but see, God doesn't go by what we say. He goes by what we do, right? He goes by our actions. So, you know, it's like Norval Hayes, people would say, I love the Lord, Brother Norval. And Norval would say, well, bluebirds love the Lord. That's nothing. You have to see if you love the Lord, how many know you prove it by your actions, right? Anybody can say that. You know, you, you, you could have a spouse that says they love you and then they cheat on you. They don't love you. If they loved you, they wouldn't cheat on you. Amen. Or they wouldn't hit you, abuse you, verbally abuse you. Amen. Are you with me now? See, love is portrayed in actions. Not just in words. Now, thank God words are a part of it. Don't misunderstand me. Words are part of it. But actions, 
right? How we treat one another. Amen. Boy, we could just preach right here, couldn't we? That anyway, I want to I talk about, though, the, he said, the, one of the things he talked about was the cares of this life. Now, what is the cares of this life? Well, that's something that all of us have, we have every day. Our daily business, our daily things we have to take care of, the kids, the dog, the truck, the car, the house, the job. You know what I'm saying, all those things. Uh, we, can't, we can't, like, live a life without there being any cares of life because they're there. We have to take care of certain things. But if you'll notice now, if you want to look at your Bible, in that verse he said, entering in, they get inside of you. In other words, they take a place in your life that they shouldn't have. Isn't that right? See, let I me mean, know. <laughs> I shouldn't say this. Why did that come to me? Oh, well, let's live dangerous. How do you know your mother-in-law could take a place in your life she shouldn't have? Why did it get so quiet? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, she could be controlling the whole marriage, your whole marriage. She's, got, she's entered into a place she doesn't belong. Amen? I don't know why I use mother-in-law. My wife's a mother-in-law. Praise God. So I like mother-in-laws. I had a mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. She's in heaven now. No problem. Amen. Why some of you look like your mother-in-law moved in with you? Why you look so sad? What's, what's wrong with you? Anyway, my point in saying that is simply this. We have to watch that these things, these cares of life, the everyday duties of life, the job, the, the, the dog, the cat, the kids, the, all that, all those things, that they don't get a place in us where they steal the Word out of us. In other words, we don't think about them more than we think about God and we think about His Word. We don't allow them to have a bigger place. Is this making sense to you? Yes. Go to Luke chapter 10. I'll show you an example of this, and maybe this will help you even see it more. Luke chapter 10. So the, the, the thing is not like we're going to get rid of all the cares of life. We're not going to get rid of all the cares of life like you're not going to get rid of stress, but you don't have to be stressed out. And you don't have to let the cares enter in and take a place they don't belong. Look at uh, Luke chapter 10. I like this story. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, Now it came to pass that as uh, they went, that he, that's Jesus, he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. <clears throat> and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet, and notice what Mary did. She heard his what? She heard his word. How I many of the words are real important, isn't it? But Martha, the King James here, I'm reading now the old King James, it says, was cumbered about much serving. Now, cumbered's an old English word. It's still a good word. But it means she was distracted. She was frustrated. She was uh, hindered. Uh, by the serving. How many know there's nothing wrong with serving? Is there? No. Uh, nothing wrong. She's not doing anything wrong. It's the place she let it have inside of her. That's the problem. It got too big inside of her. And she was cumbered about much serving. She came to him, came to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care 
that my sister hath left me alone to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. She was expecting Jesus to say, now, Mary, you get yourself in the kitchen and quit listening to the word of God and cook some beans. Because beans are far more important than the word. He didn't say that, did he? That's what she's thinking. I mean, he's going to tell her, he's going to tell Mary, get in here and help me make these tacos. Nothing in the Bible against tacos. But he didn't say that. Why? How many know if if Jesus is in the living room preaching the word, you don't need to be in the kitchen banging around pots and pans? There's a time to eat, but there's a time for the word. Amen. And so she's in there, you know, she's a good hostess, bless her heart. I mean, she's one of these, everything's got to be right. You know, she probably knew Jesus was coming. She swept the floor, you know what I'm saying? You know, put out all the pictures. It's like I told our grandkids, Jeremy and Shell, one time, Phyllis has this picture of the whole family and she puts it on this shelf and I was just making fun. And they were over for Christmas and said, every Christmas she puts it out when you guys are coming. How many know, get everything, how many know what I'm talking about? How many ever been there, right? I mean, you know, when, when our grandkids lived around here, you know, I mean, uh, we just made up our mind, you know, we're not going to cook this big uh, Christmas dinner. We're, I use we're lightly. Uh, <laughs> now, she's got certain things she would fix, but uh, she'll let me do it if I want to. And usually I want to, you know, and so... But we just decided, we're not doing that. We're all going to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, if, if we lived in Mexico, what would we have for Christmas dinner? Tacos. Hallelujah. Enchiladas. Quesadillas. A little queso on my rice. I taught Dr. Barkley that, that the other day, and man, he, he loved that. You order queso on your rice. When you get rice, rice by itself is like, well, I've got to have some help. So I said, oh, order queso. And man, when he saw that, he put it on his. He said, man, I didn't think about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just taught you something else to add some calories to your life. Praise the Lord. But it's a lot better that way. See, see, what, see we're, we, a lot of times people just get so stressed out. We're, we're, we're getting ready to, you know, Christmas is coming upon us, and people get so stressed out, everything's got to be perfect and all that. And, we, and if you're not careful, that stuff enters into you, and it, it steals the Word. Jesus said it will choke the Word out because we let it have too big a place inside of our life, and it gets bigger than everything else. Amen. What happens if you burn the turkey? Life's not over with. Haven't you ever watched the Christmas story? You go to a Chinese restaurant and have duck. Come on. It's fixable. It's all fixable. But you can't replace the word. You can replace the stupid duck or turkey or whatever. Well, if the dog eats it. But you can't replace the word. And so here she is. She's expecting Jesus to say, okay, you get in there and you help, man. We're hungry. But notice what he said, verse 41. Jesus answered and said unto her, he said, Martha, Martha, you're careful and troubled. What does careful mean? You're full of care and troubled about 
many things. Everybody say many things. Many things. Now let me just do a little, little old-fashioned preaching here. Listen, I'm not, it's not because I'm old, but I'm just, I'm just observant. There's so many things today to distract you from God and from His Word. So many things. People spend hours on their phone looking at it. We'll go into restaurants and, and whole families are sitting around the table and they're all looking at their phone. Mom, dad, pop, papa bear, mama bear, and little baby bears. They're all looking at their phone. Is there anything wrong with cell phones? No, I don't think so. I mean, I wish sometimes I wish they never would have been invented. But they, they do help at times. But you, you can just, you know, just like when I, was, when I was growing up, you know, we only had three or four television stations. That's it. You had ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS. That's it. And you didn't always get all those. Just depends on how things were that day. Sometimes you did, sometimes you didn't. Now today, I mean, my gosh, there are hundreds of stations. Are you listening now? So dis- it can be so distracting. Amen. You know, I had this um, years ago. I don't have it now, but I had years ago. I had this called Sunday Ticket. If, that for the guys, they'll know what I'm talking about. It's the NFL. We could get about all the games. <laughs> And so, you know, I would record seven games on Sunday. Seven. You watch them all? Well, not exactly, but kind of, sort of. I would see how the game was going. If it was good, I'd watch it. Now, you know, I, I, because of technology, I don't have to watch the commercials. I don't have to watch them show you the play that just happened two times. I've got a skip button. Bam, bam, bam. Three and a half hour game, I watch it about an hour and 15 minutes. I skip it all. My grandkids complain, you're hurting the flow of the game. I said, it'll turn out the same way, kids. <laughs> Ain't hurting nothing except saving myself from sitting here for three and a half hours. I don't have to watch halftime. I skip it all. But my point is, is I remember when I, you know, I've always been a, uh, always been a, a person that liked to watch football from a, from a kid. But I remember, man, you know, you'd get one or two games. That's it. Now you get them all. See, things have just accelerated, and some of it's good. Some of it, we got to watch it. It doesn't enter in and steal the word out of our hearts. Right. Amen? Amen? I'm not against technology, but I'm just saying you got to be wise with it, or it will rob from you the word of God. Amen? You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes, sometimes, I'll, I'll tell you this. Sometimes we depend, let me just show you an example. Sometimes we depend on this more than we depend on this. What do you mean? Well, you know, I've done it myself. You're going to go buy something and research everything you can about it. You can find out everything, I mean, from, from it not working for Aunt Nina to Uncle Charlie thinking it was the best thing that ever was made. And you get all that information when really you got the Spirit of God inside of you. Why don't you just ask Him? 
He knows more than Aunt Nino and Uncle Charlie put together. Why don't you just ask him? You know, and so I've done that, researched that, and then time you're done, you're just as confused as you, you were more confused than when you went in. When if I'd have just shut all that out and put the Word in me and let the Spirit of God talk to me, I could have had the answer, and He knows. He could have told me, that's a piece of junk, don't buy that. Amen. And I've had Him do that, too, and direct me, don't buy that. He knows, doesn't He? So look at this now. Verse 41, And He answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're careful, you're troubled about many things. Everybody say many things. See, that's what you got to watch, man. Don't let too many things steal your time. But notice, one thing. Everybody say one thing. One thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen. I mean, oh, it's a choice. Hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. So what was, what was Martha's? We used to have a couple come to our meetings. Remember that Martha and Mary. I don't think they liked this story. Too. I don't think Martha liked this story too well. Mary's like, yeah, that's me. I sit at the feet of Jesus. And, you know, Martha's like, you're worried. Y'all, y'all messed up, your girl. But have me understand, Martha's a good person, right? Martha wants to take care of Jesus, right? Martha wants to do the right thing. None of that is wrong. None of that's wrong. But the point is, is she had her priorities wrong. She had this over going in there and sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing His Word. She should have done this, and when Jesus was done teaching, then said, we're going to go cook, right? Or get carry out. Amen. What do you mean? Well, we're that, you know, that little boy that was with Jesus, he had that, you know, two fishes and five loaves. Where do you think he got those? Jesus preached so long that finally he went out and got some lunch and came back. Amen. Now look at Luke chapter 21. Go here. Luke 21. Come on, are you getting something today? Amen. See, I'm not talking about that we can get rid of all those duties that we have in life. We, we, I mean, they're there. Some of them we could. Some of them we added on. Right? We're the ones that volunteered to do all those things. And um, you, know, you need to learn the word no. You need to learn the word no. Realize when, when, you're, when you're doing something that's hurting your spiritual walk with God, and it doesn't have to be sin. The Bible said lay aside every weight and sin. There's things that aren't sin, but they hurt your walk with God because they take away from it. They distract. They pull you in another direction. And that is one of the things the word care means. It means to pull in different directions. It means to pull you in another direction. That's one of the means of the word care. It's a Greek word, and it really means to, one meaning is to pull you in different directions. In other words, it pulls you away from what you're really supposed to be doing. Amen. Right? See, there, there's people get so distracted. You know, it's like I said, I... I Sometimes you, you just, you don't, you don't, you don't, uh, oh, well, never mind, forget it. But anyway, people get so distracted, you're thinking, man, you, you've got to get a hold of your life here. Amen. I was just going to say, sometimes I pastor people I only see once every four weeks or so. They love the Lord. I love them. They tithe. But I only see them about once every four weeks. Why are you so quiet? It's not you. (laughs) 
but it's the truth. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, always something going on. You know what? It's because you allow it to go on. You are exactly where you want to be. That's where you're at, where you want, where you chose to be. Amen. And so, you know, now I don't, I'm not upset with those people. I mean, I'm not offended at those people. I love those people. They, they help what they can. But, you know, my point is it's their life that's they're hurting. Amen. Cares of life have entered in. It chokes the word. Amen. You have to, you have to put priorities right. I hope I'm making sense to you this morning. But you got to put your priorities right. What's most important? That's what, that's what Martha's problem was. It wasn't that she was doing anything wrong. She just had her priorities messed up. What do you think Jesus would have done if Martha would have said, you know what, I'm not cooking. I'm sitting here and listening to you preach. Now, you know, here's a loaf of bread. You want to eat, multiply. <laughs> what do you think Jesus would have done? I think he would have smiled like you did. And when they got done preaching, he said, pass it out. He'd done it before, hadn't he? Done it twice. Two or three times he did it. Amen. He could do it. Hallelujah. Now, verse 25, Luke 21. It says, and there shall be signs. <clears throat> it's amazing how people don't see the signs. But the signs are everywhere to the return of the Lord. There shall be signs. Signs. How many know when you're going down the highway, you see signs? Right? How many know what stop means? What's it mean? Slow down, roll through. It means stop, right? It's like a guy, he was, he ran this stoplight. He was going home from work and he ran a stoplight, you know? And this policeman pulls him over and said, hey, you ran a stoplight. He said, oh, no. He said, I stopped. He said, no, you didn't. You just slowed down. He said, no, I stopped. He said, no, you didn't. You just slowed down. You just rode on through. Watch it next time. So that same policeman was sitting there at that, junk, that intersection the next, the next evening when the guy was going home. He, he did the same thing. He pulls him up again. He said, you did the same thing again. He said, now, officer, I stopped. He said, no, you didn't. You just slowed down. Now, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. Maybe you'll learn to stop. So he wrote him out a ticket. The next night, same thing. Didn't stop, just rolled on through. The officer pulls him over and said, you did the same thing. He said, now, sir, I stopped. He said, no, you didn't. You just slowed down. He said, I'm telling you, I, I stopped. He said, are you always as argumentative? He said, when I'm right. That policeman pulled out his billy club and started hitting him with it, banging him. And the guy goes, stop, stop, stop. He said, you want me to stop or slow down? How I many know there's signs, and we ought to see the signs? There's sign, there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, and the stars, and upon the earth. Now look at this. Distress of nations, anguish of nations. Are we there? With perplexity. The word perplexity means to be at a loss. Are we there? The sea and waves roaring. Well, we saw that tsunami that killed 200 and some thousand people. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. In other words, <clears throat> the carers of this life, the things that are happening are going to be so strong 
in the last days that men's hearts are actually going to fail them for fear because they're looking at what's going on. I'm telling you guys, we got to wake up. We can't allow these things to enter in. He said, verse 27, Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Thank God, everybody. When these, begin, when these things begin to come to pass, then look, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. God's about ready to get us out of here. Hallelujah. Verse 34, Jesus is warning His disciples now. He says, Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged, weighed down, with surfeiting, and that's not surfing. Surfeiting means excess. How many of you can get an excess in anything? Video games, your phone, your iPad, anything, TV, you can get excess in anything. He said, and drunkenness, hopefully you've got that figured out. Well, that was a really weak amen. I hope you have this part figured out. And cares of this life so that they come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. What did Jesus say? He said, look, if you don't watch it, the cares of this life will cause you to miss the coming of the Lord. You'll get so caught up in life. Now, I'm not here to preach this morning theology on the rapture and on who's going and who's not going. But I will just say this. When you study the rapture, it uses the word ready a lot. A lot. Being ready. Being ready. It didn't say be perfect. It said be ready. Be ready. Amen. And what about the Christians that are about half backslid? Are they ready? What about those that have the cares of life have entered in and, and now they, that, that life, the things of life mean more to them than the Word of God? What about the Christians that have started accepting things that the Bible says are an abomination to God. What about those Christians? What about the Christians? This, this isn't popular, but vote for those that uh, support things that the Word of God denounces. Are they ready? I'm not sure. I, I, I wouldn't want to chance it. What about the parable of the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. All were there to meet the bridegroom. But five took oil in their lamps and extra oil. They were ready. The others, their lamps went out and they couldn't see to get ready. Did they go? They didn't go. I don't know. I'm not preaching to you, you know, dogmatic doctrine here, but I would just simply say this. If we're living in the last days, you better live in a place where you're ready. And Jesus said, watch it, the cares of this life. Watch it. That day comes upon you unawares because you're full of care. You let all this enter in. Instead of putting it in this proper place, 
Yes, I got to take care of things in life. Yes, I got to do things in life. But the Word's most important to me. Hallelujah. Right? I'll tell you one way this manifests, and I'm not saying this just because I'm the pastor of this church. I, say, I, said, I said this before I was a pastor. But one of the ways this thing manifests is by when it's time to be in God's house, that's where you're at. told you a story years ago. I'll close with this. A guy came to us when I was at the Revival Center with Pastor Eddie Willis. I was his associate for a few years. And when I was with him, a guy came and he asked us, he said, will you pray with me to get a better job? I need a better job. We prayed with him, agreed with him. He got a better job. You know what he did? He went out and bought a boat. And all summer long, he was out on his boat on the weekend instead of being in church. Cares of his life. I remember Brother Eddie coming to me and saying this to me. He said, <laughs> he's a senior pastor. He said, we are never praying for anybody to get a better job again. Do you hear me? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> they want it, they have to get it on their own. Because we helped this guy. I don't know whether you believe this or not. We helped this guy with our faith get a good job, and he just proved to God he wasn't mature enough to handle it. Amen. Are we where we need to be when, when God has something going on? Right? I'm not preaching legalism that. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't ever miss service. You can't ever go on vacation. You, you can't ever take a day off. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm just saying it's the attitude that I can take it or leave it. If I decide to make it, I will. If I don't, if it works out, if it's convenient, if everything, you know, my hair looks fine, I'll be there. You shave your head like mine, you won't have to be concerned about how your hair looks. It looks the same way all the time, doesn't it, Jason? Praise God. He and I use the same hair gel. I, I loan him mine, he loaned me his. Praise the Lord. We're good to go. Praise God. You understand? How many got what I said today? I'm not saying we don't have cares. I'm saying we don't let them enter in. And they don't take the place of God's Word and God in our life. It'll all wait. Isn't that right? You have to have that attitude. Man, it can all wait. And you know what? Here's what I found out. When you take that kind of attitude, God helps you with all of that. Amen? He just helps you out. Praise the Lord. And a lot of those things, they just get taken care of. Jesus said this. He said, see that you be not troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled in these days. All the things that are going on, don't let your heart be troubled. Keep your heart full of the Word. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.